this is bigger than just one game. If FAMU can beat Alabama State this weekend, they can form a comfortable lead in the SWAC East divisional race for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor and current contributing writer at usa today's saints wire I appreciate you for making this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And please remember, don't ever forget this part. Just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives starts with an S ends with an s and today's episode is brought to you by linkedin because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business and linkedin jobs helps you find the right people faster for your team for free so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions do apply today's friday every day as you know what this is about if you're new to the program let me tell you This is our game of the week episode, meaning this is our biggest game of the weekend and we only isolate, we focus in on this matchup. We have three matchups, we have two storylines, and we have one key to victory for each team. All of this within the parameters of Alabama State versus FAMU. So let's kick it off with our matchups. And to me, this is the premier matchup in this game. The FAMU wide receivers versus the Alabama State secondary. And this might be the one matchup where you can honestly say this is strength strength against strength because the family wide receivers is a big part of their offense. They're, they're dynamic. They're kind of new. And I guess I should probably in, just include the whole receiving court. If we're not just talking wide receivers, let's talk about Nicholas Dixon, who's actually the leading receiver. He's a tight end, but he's the re- leading receiver on the family offense. We should incorporate everybody there. Marcus Riley is coming along nicely as a new addition coming over from Bethune-Cookman. John Murray Sharid is still looking good, which honestly is no surprise to anybody. This is a wide receiving tight end. Like, this is a nice receiving core. And then you look at Alabama State, they have three interceptions on the year. When you look at Alabama State just last week, Ethan Tooks had an interception return for a touchdown, the first pick six since 2018 for that team. But the third interception on the year they've only played two games and not like everybody else has played three they've already had a bye week so they only played two games three interceptions right and if you want to make the argument well they played miles and miles they only had one pick they actually had two picks against southern so fcs competition is where they had their most interceptions so let's not use the the d2 argument let's just talk about how it happened right i'm not even gonna give you averages this is how it happened two in the first game one in the second game 
This is a strong secondary, and this is something that they pointed out. This is one of the things that Coach Willie Simmons pointed out in the weekly press conference about how each team has their own challenges, and this is one of them for Alabama State. So this is probably the one matchup where you're going to see big on big because these are the two things that make the heartbeat of the offense for FAMU and the heartbeat for the defense of, of Alabama State really go. And I'll say this. The matchup between FAMU's wide receivers and Alabama State's secondary is so important that if FAMU wins this matchup, I believe they win this game. If Alabama State wins this matchup, then I believe they have a better chance to win this game. FAMU wins it. I think they got the game. Not so much of an upside for Alabama State, but I do think that it's necessary because I do not believe they could lose this matchup and still win because of how their offense is set up. But let's flip this around and look at Keyshawn Johnson versus the FAMU wide receiver, excuse me, against the FAMU defensive backs. Because there was a great, 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 great legendary player named Keyshawn Johnson, and he said, throw me the ball. Well, it looks like Alabama State said, yes, sir. I know you're not that Keyshawn Johnson, but you are Keyshawn Johnson, and we're going to throw you the ball. Because you look at what he's been able to do in these first two weeks. Let me get into these numbers. Because they scored three touchdowns this year, all through the air, all to Keyshawn Johnson. He scored every single one of the Alabama State touchdowns this year in 2023. Let's look at his yardage. In week one, he had 107 yards. The team had 180 passing altogether. In week two, he had 103 yards. The team had 210 passing altogether. So now that's two weeks in a row that Keyshawn Johnson has either had more than half or nearly half of the passing production. Let's get even deeper into how important he is to this offense. There's no player outside of Johnson that has 100 yards receiving this season. There's no player on the team that has 100 yards rushing this season. Keyshawn Johnson has had 100 yards receiving in each game. No other player in their lane, whether that's rushing or receiving, has 100 on the season. This man is an integral part of the Alabama State offense, and you're going to need to stop him in order to stop that offense. Now you get into the last part. Another way to stop this offense is to push them into, into places where they're not comfortable. And Coach Eddie Robinson, look, I'm not trying to beat a, a dead horse. I'm not trying to harping on this point too much, but the offense isn't really explosive. Coach Robinson alluded to this. He spoke about the fact that they're not really built to come back from second and long, third and long. Now, what he was saying that about was penalties. He was speaking about we can't shoot ourselves in the foot, can't get in the second and 20, third and 20. Like, we can't get into those situations. However, that's not the only way to get in those situations. Another way is for the defensive line to be very disruptive, for you not to be able to block them, for them to be able to get into the backfield, and now you're in second and long, third and long. It's not only shooting yourself in the foot. Sometimes the other team can place you there too. So, yes, I understand that he was talking about penalties, and anybody who watched the press conference, I wouldn't want you to come up and say, well, that's not even what he was saying. No, but the premise is very similar, if not the same. You can't get into these type of situations. And if you're fam you, you need to get them into the situations. Because even Coach Robinson said, we're not built to come back from that. So if you're not built to come back from that, let's put you in that as often as possible. I'm sure that they'll convert one or two of them. But if I put them in a five to seven third and longs, I can guarantee you I'm going to have at least five punts. Like that's, that's just that's just what you should expect as long as you're not getting penalties. If you're not getting penalties as fam you and you have them in third and long, they're not going to convert most of those without you shooting yourself in the foot. We're talking about shooting themselves in the foot. Fam, you would have to do that if they get them into a third and long situation. So 
these are some real interesting battles. You got the big on big, the FAMU wide receivers versus the Alabama State secondary. And let's not even just say wide receivers. Let's throw the, the receiving targets because Nicholas Dixon does deserve that level of respect. You look at Keyshawn Johnson, a catch and run, a guy who can make plays down the field and all around wide receiver. Him against the FAMU defensive backs because he is the passing game. And a lot of times the biggest part of the offense, not named the quarterback. And then you have FAMU's defensive line versus Alabama State's offensive line. And we actually just mentioned the quarterback. That's one of the storylines along with FAMU's potential. Comfortable lead in the SWAC East that they're able to win this game. Let's let's get active. Let's get into this as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And listen, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. And that's because you never know who's going to make or break your company. But because you don't know, you need to go through all of the steps to properly vet whoever that person is. And there is no step more important than LinkedIn. You can go on LinkedIn and have 8 million people up there, 800 million people, excuse me, on a on a just a weekly, monthly basis. And they're always adding new people. You're going to be able to check out who they are. You're going to have screening questions. You can post your job for free too. I know that matters. Post your job for free. Use the purple hashtag hiring frame. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. I'm going to say that continuously because for so many people, that is the most important part. Post your job for free, for free, for free, for free, for free, for free, for free. At linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, I really do appreciate it. And don't forget, our college football kickoff live is on from noon, or excuse me, from 10 a.m. to noon central. So right now, when I post it, it'll be going on, right? Because I'll be probably finishing this recording and editing around 10 o'clock. But don't worry, even if you don't catch this until afternoon, you're like, oh, man, I missed it because I will be a part of it this week. Even if you feel like, oh, I missed it, it's still up there on the podcast page, still up there on the YouTube page. Like, it's still there everywhere. So you can come back and listen to it after the fact. But stay up to date with all of the biggest games and stories within the college football landscape. But in this, we're talking about stories. I have the two biggest storylines, and one may feel like, man, don't you feel like you're getting a little ahead ahead of yourself? No, I don't. And I'm going to get it out right now. With a win over Alabama State, the Florida A&M Rattlers would have a comfortable lead in a, I won't say a cushiony. You know, I'm tired of waffling. Nah, forget this. Let's lean up in my chair. It's time to play the game for real. If Amy wins this game against Alabama State, they will have a comfortable lead and should, and should as long as they don't fall apart guarantee their road to the SWAC championship like let's not let's not waffle let's not say oh it could be let's not play this off let's really go out there and say what it is if FAMU knocks off Alabama State there is no reason that they should not be in the SWAC championship game I know it may seem premature we're only talking about the second game but let's call back to last year weren't we ready to say that Jackson State is the squad after knocking off FAMU we knew they were really good we knew they were the best team And we felt like they had already knocked off their biggest competition. And once they knocked off their biggest competition, it was just about not slipping up. That's all it was. It was about not slipping up. 
The biggest competition of FAMU in 2023 was Jackson State. Beat them already in Alabama State. They play them this week. It's the same principle. Hey, it's even later in the season and I'm saying it. I'm looking at FAMU. If they knock off Jackson State, they have a one-game lead over them. They knock off Alabama State, they have a one-game one game lead over them. And they would have the tiebreaker, which is essentially a two-game lead over both. They would need to lose two games in order to be under them. Let's go through their season. Mississippi Valley State. At Mississippi Valley State. I don't think so. At Southern. Okay. Maybe. At Texas Southern. Not if Andrew Body not there. Now, I, I got to see more from Jace Williams, but I don't know. Prairie View. Homecoming. Maybe. Alabama A&M. Not after what they've shown with Quincy Casey. I like them, but they're not on the level of FAMU. Right? They're a solid team for where they are, and I think they can make some noise, but I do not believe they can beat FAMU. I really don't think PV could beat FAMU either, to be honest. And Bethune-Cookman, that's a rivalry game. I'm giving one to three maybes in there. They beat Mississippi Valley State. I think they're beating TSU with or without Andrew Body, to be honest. You're looking at Southern. Southern has not felt, they haven't inspired confidence in me. Alabama A&M, I want to see them with Xavier Lankford, but that offense was a little shaky to me at times. Last night, because they only they played last night, they defeated uh, UAPB last night. A little shaky to me. The defense was letting UAPB march up and down on them oftentimes. Like not all game. They had some stops in there. But UAPB was moving the football. They were moving the football. Even if they didn't get all the way down in scoring position, they were moving the football. And I think FAMU is going to be better, better than that. So, yeah, I, I think that FAMU is the best team. And we can just leave it there. FAMU is the best team, and I believe that they won't lose more than two games. So if you're Jackson State, you're sitting there hoping that Alabama State wins because if Alabama State wins this game, then everybody drops down to one, and you're essentially in a three-way tie. Well, I guess even that doesn't really help. Oh, no, Alabama State would be above everybody. Excuse me. I had to think about how I'm going to get there. So because I had thought about this before. I'm like, what, what, what am I talking about? But um, if FAMU loses this game, they'll have one loss. Jackson State will have one loss. Alabama State would have no losses, and they would be at the top of the SWAT. And then you're looking at Jackson State saying, okay, we just need to go ahead and beat Alabama State, and then you're in a three-way tie. And I don't know what the three-way tie looks like. But now you have a chance. It's much better than needing Alabama or FAMU to lose two games, right? So that's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at right now because if FAMU loses, then the next biggest game of the season goes to Jackson State versus Alabama State. But I'll tell you what, next week, on Monday, we will look at the state of the state of the SWAC East. We talked about the state of the SWAC. We'll look at where the SWAC East stands after this game because this has huge ramifications. And if FAMU wins, more than likely, this punches their ticket because I don't think they lose two games this year. And if they do, okay, it's on them. Then my second performance, excuse me, my second storyline is the performance of the Alabama State quarterback. Matter of fact, who is it going to be? And I know it may seem like you really just don't like D. Davis. No, people just keep giving me reasons to question if he's going to be the starter. I actually was on a D. Davis. I might have been on a D. Davis train longer than anybody else. I really might have. And then I started seeing some things like, I, I don't know. Then he got the quarterback or the starting quarterback spot. And what did I do? Say so they're coming up with a perfect game plan for him. Now, I do still think their lack of offensive consistency or their lack of just offensive production. I shouldn't even say consistency. Sometimes we overuse that word. Say what it is. They can't score. They can't score. They can't. 
you know? So maybe I, I so I've criticized. But when Coach Robinson says the guy who's going to be the best during practice is going to be the guy who starts this weekend, how can I feel confident? Especially after he says D. Davis wasn't benched. He says that D. Davis was already, or excuse me, Damon Stewart was already going to play in that game against Miles. But it doesn't help when Davis threw two interceptions in that game. Like, I understand, but how are you supposed to spend it not only to us as viewers and as media and, and as fans for some people that D. Davis wasn't benched, but to him? I wonder what that conversation was. Because if I throw two interceptions as the quarterback, if I throw two interceptions and you bring somebody else in, regardless of if it was the plan or not, I'm going to feel like you benched me because I didn't play well. It'd be one thing if he played well and then Damon Stewart came in, or even if he just played okay, but he threw two interceptions. That seems like a reason to get another quarterback in, especially when we just came from a quarterback battle. And now you're saying whoever plays the best, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it's D. Davis or Damon Stewart. I'm banking on it being D. Davis. But I just can't feel comfortable. And if it is Damon Stewart, how does he look? If it is D. Davis, how does he look? These are the things that I need to know. I need to look at the performance of the quarterback because you're going against a great defense. That's the other tough part is you're going against a great defense. And I said it, I think, uh, I said after week one, Harold Blood, D. Davis, they're both going against really good defenses. This was a tough time to really prove that you're the guy. Well, D. Davis gets to go against another really tough defense and have a tough time proving that he's the guy. So it, it'll be a tough one, but I'll be interested to watch. I'll be interested to watch. I mean, lean on Keyshawn Johnson, right? Fam, you take him away. We'll see how this goes. But as we go forward, I have a key to victory. And no, taking away Keyshawn Johnson is not one of those keys. But I do have some big ones as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode of Locked On HBCU is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I appreciate you for coming in and listening to this because I'm going to give you some, some inside information, some good stuff. Put your money down on the Saints. They're going to be much better this week. I don't even know what the spread is. Put your money down on the Saints. Can't say I didn't tell you. But the NFL is here. WNBA playoffs are here. The NBA is on the horizon. You have the futures for that. You can bet on who's going to be the MVP, the uh, comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year. You can bet money on all of those things. Put $5 down. That's it, $5. If you don't get it, you get $200 back in bonus bets if you are new to FanDuel. If you don't get it and you're a returning uh, customer at FanDuel, you get $100 off at the Sunday ticket. It's a really good deal for those who have been here and those who are new to here. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. And I have a key to victory for each team. And I'll start off with FAMU. You know, because I said it, right? I think that this could be a big game for them. I think it could provide a lot of comfort for them. FAMU, if they want to win, have to get those offensive kinks out. Let me tell you the problems that have had happened over the first three weeks of the season for them. Against Jackson State, missed too many op open opportunities, too many open wide receivers. That game should have had way more than 28 points on the board scored by FAMU. That's just real. 
right? And I trust Musa to be better. Am I too trusting? Who knows? University of South Florida, when they face them, too many turnovers. Can't turn the ball, the ball over that much. I think Musa had three interceptions. <coughs> and I know I'm putting a lot on Musa, but he's a quarterback. West Florida, week three, they started slow. You got to be better. You got to have a full game. And Coach Willie Simmons said it. We've shown we can play good for a half in three games. We have to show we can prove play well for a full game. Right? And that's kind of a paraphrasing of it. But that's real. And everybody's waiting on you to slip. Everybody's waiting on you to slip. When you look through the conference, Mississippi Valley State hasn't played any conference games yet. But I don't know how good I feel about Valley, to be honest. Alabama A&M. They've lost the conference game already. All you have to do is beat them some point in the season. You probably got, got them. They probably put away. I don't think – I put it like this. I said in the last segment, I don't think FAMU loses two games. I don't think that losing two games wins you this. I don't. I think that whoever wins the conference or wins this division will have one loss. If you beat Alabama a and I think they're out of the, right, the running. I do. Um, let's see. I went through Valley, Alabama A&M. You're playing Alabama State this week. You played Jackson State already, and now it's you. Did I forget anybody? I feel like I did. No, I didn't. I counted five opponents, and then that's six. Okay, cool. So everybody's waiting on you to slip, and you control your own destiny. You're supposed to be the best team. We thought you were the best team. If we could do just conference championship preseason rankings, you would have been one, just like you were in the Swag East. Everybody thinks that you are the team, so now you got to go out and show that you are the team. And one way to show that you're not, one way to drop a game, one way to put yourself in a way tougher uh, situation because now you're hoping somebody loses. One way to do that is to have the offensive struggles. And Alabama State's defense is good. Like I won't take nothing away from Alabama State. They know how to play defense. So you could have those same offensive struggles. But if you come out and you play an offensive game for 60 minutes, I don't think you lose this game, which brings me to the next point. Alabama State needs to keep this as a low-scoring affair. It's what they did last year. The final last year was 21 to 14. And at the last second, I mean, the time running out, Alabama State was attempting the game-winning field goal. It got blocked, and FAMU returned it for a touchdown. Now, it was 15-14 at the time. They didn't need to return it for a touchdown. But it ended up being 21-14. That's a low-scoring affair right there. But if you really want to look at it at 15-14, which is what it was, with just a few seconds left on the clock, that's the type of game that Bama State needs again. If the Hornets can have that type of game, I think they can win. 15-14 doesn't favor anybody. Any, any offense can get 15 points. And I know I make these, these comments about how they struggle offensively. And listen, they've scored what? They scored 14 points in the first game, 10 offensive points in the second game. So you're looking at 24 points total this year. Because they scored a defensive touchdown against Miles. So they only scored 10 points on the offense. Alabama State's offense has scored 24 total points this year. Keeping it low scoring is going to be very advantageous for them. They can get to 14. I mean, they might be able to get to 15, 16. Who knows? Maybe they can score 17 points. I don't think so, but maybe they can. If they let FAMU get to 24, it's over. FAMU, Alabama State is not meant to win a shootout. But luckily, they have a defense that's not allowing shootouts to happen often. But if FAMU does hit 24, I don't think that they can score 24 with them. I don't. FAMU's defense is good, too. 
This is a battle of really strong defenses. This wasn't a matchup that we had because I thought there was some more specific things within each defense that they could stop. I didn't want to just do defense versus defense, but that's really the premier matchup. Whose defense is going to be better? Alabama State has, to me, less margin for error. Because I think Alabama State's offense is worse, and I think that maybe, fam, you can get away with some stuff that Alabama State wouldn't be able to. But if you allow this points, or if you allow FAMU to score 24, it's done. It's done. Because your offense isn't going to score 24. They're not. Not on FAMU's defense. I understand they have the short, the short throws. I don't think that's going to work. I don't. I don't know how much the screens is going to be effective. Because FAMU's defense knows how to fly around. They have a very athletic defense. And throwing those short screens and hoping somebody can run for it, to me, I don't know. Don't think I think it has a short shelf life. That's how I look at it. Um, so those are the keys. Fam, you get your offense together. 60 minutes. And if you do that, you'll probably score more than 20 points. And if you score more than 20 points, I don't think that, that Alabama State's going to be able to win this game. I don't think they're meant for this. I don't think they're built for this. Or review it. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to eat those words. That would be really fun if you saw Alabama State. My jaw would be on the floor if I saw Alabama State start racking up the points on FAMU. Because I have to wait till Saturday to know. And you have to wait till Monday to hear how I feel about it. But we will look at the SWAC East standings on Monday. That would be the first thing that we do. Unless something just miraculous happens, then that's what we'll talk about. But other than that, it'll probably be an opening with the SWAC East standings and how FAMU kind of sits within those. So on Monday, make sure you're checking us out, making this your first listen of the day every day like you do always, and I always do appreciate it. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.